Welcome to the Two Vets Talk Pets podcast, hosted by veterinarians Dr. Lewis Kirkham and Dr. Robbie Anderton, who'll give you the inside scoop on the secret lives of your pets and have a lighthearted look at the latest animal news, health tips, and other random facts. All names of people and pets have been changed for confidentiality, so if the story sounds familiar, don't flatter yourself. Every owner is just as animal crazy as you are. So sit down, place your furry feathered or scaly best friend on your lap, and it's over to Lewis and Robbie. Hello and welcome, listeners, to episode 157 of the Two Vets Talk Pets podcast. With too much talking, pets is barely enough. And given the way the intro has been going before we started recording, probably won't even happen anyway. I'm Dr. Robbie Andert, and I'm joined by a man who has been instrumental in trying to get a clause in the recent free trade agreement between the G7 leaders to help to establish a more direct route to get several books on how to tell your dog and or cat that you're pregnant into Russia. It's Dr. Lewis Kirkham. Lewis, how are you going? Very nice, mate. I think I think the book would go well in the old Srilik. Do you think so? Yeah, I think so. I'm quite, quite, uh, quite fluent. Uh, Dos Vidanya. Nice. Spasiba, Pajalsta. Yep. Yeah. Net. So are you. You're fluent too. Net. Net and vodka. I wonder, would I have to translate the baby sounds on it, do you think? Oh, you could do. Do they cry differently in Russia? What do do Russian babies sound like, Lewis? Have you got any any tips there for us? Have a quick look on YouTube and we'll see. We'll just pause the show. We'll give you another long pause just to see whether or not you can can get some some Russian babies crying. Speaking of YouTube, mate. Yes. The channel... It's gone no. ballistic. It's Is gone. it really? It's gone viral, mate. We were down, we were, last week's episode, no, two weeks ago episode. Yes, the first on three, one we put on, the, 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 the three, episode 155. Three views, you, twice, me yes. once, three yes, views. Yes, yep, yeah, we had three. Where are we at now? Uh, oh, we won't, we'll ignore that one for a minute. We'll move okay. on to last week's one. Last week's, yes. 14 views. 14 views? Yes, Get out of time. I haven't even looked at it once. 14. Fourteen. I thought you hadn't worried about putting it on there, Lewis, because only three people looked at it. But now suddenly we've got fourteen people. It's, it's a it's, sensation. It's a seriously viral, mate. I think we're going to get a little bit of income from the ads to go with that. I think on the side. Nice one. I mean, I'm actually going to send to my computer then, so that then you know it's actually you know <laughs> so it doesn't look like I'm sort of looking looking across the room. But Christine is going to be impressed with that because she's even gone and cleaned the house. Well, there were Ready a few comments how clean the house was. So thank was you very there? much. Yeah, yeah. And Rosie Excellent. playing with the toy it was great. So oh, a few people been watching, isn't that nice? Ter- Terrific, terrific. There's a there's a every chance you could get a, a kid in an Udi run past later on because we are recording this quite yes. quite late. This is this is back like the old days where we used to record yes. late on a Monday night. It we used is, to come come home after work and then we used to keep your daughters up all night because we'd be up giggling like a pack of idiots until about eleven o'clock at night. Oh, oh, tell me about. It. But I did. I was looking trying to look through the whole YouTube back of YouTube and going through found the history of what when we've been logged in, what we've been looking at. Mate, oh, really? you willing to? Uh, oh, are are we willing to to share this? Are you okay? You okay with this, mate? Yeah, uh, I, I think we should be okay. Hopefully, I won't go back too far. Oh, good, Look, excellent, excellent. Yeah. While ago, uh, tea and consent. Tea and video. consent. Tea and consent. Have you seen that video? It must have been one I watched. I think I haven't. It might great, have been great one. Video. Yeah, yeah, great, great video. Very different to the milkshake and consent one. Actually, <laughs> a good video on on consent. Uh, then after after that, we had uh, how to fishtail braid. Oh. Beginner friendly hair tutorial. Yeah, so yeah, that, that, that was certainly definitely not me. you. Yeah. <laughs> not me. Uh, then we got um, uh, shock verdict hopes to save a life. Not sure what that one. Uh, did dog toe amputation. Oh yes, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, could that have been you? Could that uh, could have been me? Yeah. I've done a toe. Yep. Uh, then we've got uh, ones I'm suspicious of you. Uh, Marvel Studios Shang Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings official Shang-Chi, teaser. Shang Chi. Yes. Yep. yep. Then Marvel Studios Loki official trailer two, absolutely yes. Yeah, obviously for the, the first the series, yes. The first one obviously wasn't good enough, so you watched the second trailer as well. I'll take anything uh, I can get. Yes. Yeah. How to administer asthma first aid? Now you. Oh learn, yes. Trying to learn that off, off YouTube, eh, Robbie? Oh, absolutely. Interesting. Yes. Interesting to do that. Uh, Henry Cavill and Simon Pegg teach you English slang. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That, uh, that was quite a funny video, actually. Then we've got a couple of videos. We won't go into those ones. We'll skip those ones. and then Skip uh, those ones, okay. Yeah. Obviously late night. No, no, no. No, then we've got a couple of uh, uh, FHO in a cat. Yes, femoral head, ne- femoral head and neck osteectomy. Yes, so yeah, yeah. cutting off the ball on the socket joint. Yeah, yeah. And then we've got then we've got uh, someone. Then we viewed viewed our podcast, episode one. That, that was, that, that, that's yeah, a that bit of an auto one. Yeah, that was me. me yeah, that yeah. was one of the views. Good. Yeah. And then we've got 13 videos of how to set up a fish tank. <laughs> <laughs> How is that going, mate? 
Barry, well, we'll have to we'll have to um, take take the camera through and show the listeners how the fish tank is going because Camille got that for her birthday. So yes, you know, still live. Uh, oh, so far so good. Yeah, um, interesting. <laughs> um, this this, this I, I didn't have a show, but this is actually interesting. So um, the the fish tank is incredibly interesting to the cat. So Melvin oh. loves the fish tank, Lewis, in a way that. You, know, you you always it's always that thing of you know, your picture in your head that how much cats love fish tanks you know but I've never actually seen it with my own eyes and I tell you what <laughs> he is transfixed right. by these fish so this morning I was looking at it and he's sitting there he's he's whacking whacking the glass you know wow. when, when when the goldfish um or the the um the palmies or a, a, a fly a, a zoom and pass or platies I think they're platies, yeah. but not not a palmy a platy um so so as they swim back he's trying to whack out and trying to get them. But the problem is, is like tonight, because um, we're, we're giving them a, a reboost on their um, their arthritis injection. Because Melvin and Parker, they're old and they've got arthritis, and we're trying to help them out with that. Oh, like you said, the cats, mate. I was just wondering how you diagnose the arthritis in the in the fish, but that's the okay. Fish, yeah, 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 yeah right. Eh? Yeah, swollen leg. It's got a bit of a limp. Yeah, it just, yeah. It just got, swims around the, in circles. The tail's a bit stiff when it when it you know yeah, when, when it first it gets gets up in the morning. Up, I mean, it warms yeah. out of it. You know, it warms out of it as it's swimming around. It's okay to it walk. Maybe it needs some shark cartilage. That'll help it out. <laughs> um, so uh, Camille, because it's sitting on uh, on her desk, um, Camille's got this um, this sort of uh, putty, you know, that you sort of you play with and you can sort yep. of ooze. Magic ooze. putty. Yep. And so she sits that on her desk and it sort of turns into this big purple puddle. And so after we've given Melvin his, his arthritis injection, suddenly he's walking around kicking his leg out. And I thought, oh, geez, that's a weird reaction after you've had a cartrophin injection. And I have a look at... He's got a big purple patch on the back of his leg. Big good putty. It's not not only not only on his foot, it's also on his hock, you know, on his ankle. It's not only there, but he's also got it up uh, around near his doodle area. Oh. So he's got he's got these three big patches, and I'm trying to pull it off, and he's getting all upset. I go, oh, "Sorry, mate, you're going in tomorrow for a bit of a clip off." And Camille's going, "Oh, daddy, I'm so sorry. It's not your fault. The cat's just sitting there watching the fish. You know, if you didn't look at the fish, it wouldn't be an issue." Oh, so, mate. So the fish are very healthy, and the cat's got a purple foot and a purple purple doodle. So that's not never great. No, it doesn't sound ideal. Purple doodle. No, definitely not. And. Uh, and uh, we're perhaps every week we can update. We'll get a little update. You know, shoes off in the house still, fish still alive. You yep. know, how's still Rosie going? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah. We, we can still we can still work on a few of those things. Just keep the listeners updated. But the, the wonderful life of 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 being you know, the the animals of vets. You know, yeah. there's just always something going wrong. Exactly, exactly, mate. Oh, an interesting case this week. Um, yeah, we we had a uh, had a um, we had a locum in at the moment. Uh, Carl was planning to go to New Zealand, but unfortunately, borders are closed. Like COVID it out. Yep, yeah, he didn't get there. A uh, little. Uh, I was sort of sitting in the office, um, and locum vet was sort of. Uh, uh, she was talking about, you know, she had this 13 and a half year old cat that she wanted to send off for a neurological exam. And I was sort yep. of like, I was, I was tap, tap, tapping away. I wasn't really listening, sort of so, uh, um, writing my notes and that sort of thing. And, and uh, she's talking to Julie about it, going, where am I going to send it? And was sort of like, oh yeah, well, you know, there is one place that perhaps we'll send to with a neurologist who works there. Um, and, uh, and talking about how this cat, uh, the owner was, sort of a 13 and a half year old cat patting the bed one night and the cat just suddenly attacked her hand and, and quite badly put her in hospital, mm. you know, antibiotics, that sort of thing sounded quite bad. And then a second time she was walking down the corridor and again, similar sort of thing. Uh, the cat out of nowhere seemed uh, to uh, attack her hand again, the same hand um, and put her back in hospital again. Oh no. Sort of thing. So right. it's really quite, and so she's thinking yeah. it's, you know, it's a sudden sort of aggression sort of thing. And, it sort of highlights a little bit what goes through a behaviorist mind, you know, and Julie sort of says, Oh, why don't you have a chat to Lewis? That might be behavior. You know, so she's sort of telling me about it and, you know, uh, you know, that, that's all fine. So I'm having sort of scrolling back through the history slowing, uh, slowly, you know, yes. And she's telling me all this stuff at the same time. And there've been a few cat bite abscesses, a few fights or an outdoor cat, that sort of thing. And then, and she's gone, yeah, it's never been aggressive before. I've gone, oh, it's been aggressive to other cats, but, you know, that doesn't necessarily mean a lot. Maybe it saw another cat out the window at that time and it's redirected aggression. And then got back to a, a consult in 2014, seven years ago. Yeah. Uh, the cat had actually attacked a neighbour. <laughs> wow. 
Gee whiz. And, 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 and had been numerous times aggressive in the home environment and be recommended to have a veterinary behaviour specialist to come out and, and check it out and, uh, and, and help them out. Um, because it attacked a neighbor. Imagine your cat. Oh, look, your cat's just attacked a neighbor out, out in the street. Um, so, have, have, yeah, I mean, we know that Olive's got a fairly short fuse. Has she ever been, you know, a, a, a perpetrator of neighborhood uh, violence? She's a bit more of a runner, really, out in the out, out in the street. Oh, okay, she, yeah, if right. she gets if she gets cornered, she will probably you know put up a she, fight. Yeah, she would, I yeah. think. But but yeah, no, she's definitely definitely a runner. But um, but it's interesting, you know, that the 2014 had this incident, and then there was no mention in the history at all about any issues at all. Then suddenly this cat's aggressive again. So I said, I think, I think as, as a behavior vet, you really, you've got to probe this a bit further because it seems like to me, it's not an occurrence where, you know, we need a neurological exam. It seems like this is something that's been going on, potentially some issues, just a little around the edges. You need to investigate a bit further. So that's the the thoughts that go through a behavior vet's mind when they're asked a question. Absolutely. Good to look back at the history. Well, I mean, you have to. I mean, that's part of the part of the thing, isn't it? You know, the the reason why we ask so many questions when we're uh, taking uh, when we're examining an yeah. animal, because gee whiz, you know, you you certainly can miss stuff, and and sometimes, uh, you know, sometimes the answers uh, aren't even forthcoming. Yeah, you know? like sometimes an owner, I go, well, actually, you know, I, now I think about it, actually, it might be dot dot dot. You know, and that's one of the things that um, I, I know we always try and be really careful with in in our at our practice is that if somebody then like, the classic one is you're in there for your, for your vaccination and you do that now eating, drinking, normally going to the toilet, normally yep, wonderful, you know, no signs of arthritis. Everything's terrific. Do your physical exam and on the way out the, out the door. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And by the way, dot, 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 like, yeah. Oh man, you know, yeah. look, this, is, yeah, this is obviously something that you've been worried about because you didn't just suddenly remember that, Oh, hang on. My dog's also been destroying every pillow in the house or is scratching out the laundry door or something like that. Yep. That's something that has been, you know, stewing on your head and you're embarrassed about talking about, but it's absolutely fine because behavior issues are very, very common, but it's also not something that we can deal with in the 30 seconds as no. I'm opening up the door and, and waving to you yeah. and saying, we'll see you. you Signing know, the vaccination certificate and sending them right. out. Yeah. 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 No. By the way, or, or even better. Oh, now my other cat is dot, oh, dot, yeah. dot. Yeah, like, yeah. 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 Okay. Well, that's, that sounds like a really good thing that we should bring that cat in for so that we can have a talk about what's well, the, actually going on. It was interesting when I used to house calls for behavior stuff is I used to, when I first went to people's houses, I had a bit of a, a run through sheet of, you know, that sort of thing. And I needed a bit of baseline. So I'd often, you know, ask them, you know, ages, names, all that sort of thing, household set up, that kind of thing. And after a while, I realized that people didn't like that sort of thing. So actually what I then learned to do was actually, because they're so pent up, they've been waiting for me to come for so long and, and they're there to talk about behavior. I just sit down and I'd go, so what's the problem? And I just sit there and take notes, and and that yep. would give me the most amount of information because that would just be blah 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 blah, and and then you can just work into it. So, oh, Sammy, okay, how old Sammy? And you work into the conversation. But if if I spent the first ten minutes trying to get a bit of signalment, bit of background, it just really yeah. the owners got really antsy about it. Um, and then interesting also, you know, I'll be there for two hours, maybe even longer at, at a consult, and often it wasn't until an hour in when they start trusting you, and then you get a totally different vibe of what actually is going on. You know, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it definitely takes time with behavior. Definitely, that's for yeah, sure. Yeah, mm. yeah, uh, yeah. Go on. And also, this week had a uh, had an interesting uh, lady came in with her little puppy. Um, she was from, uh, I think she, she, well, she obviously lived in Hong Kong for a period of time. And she said to me, you know, can I take my puppy out for a walk? And I said, oh, of course you can take, yep, your puppy's old enough now. Oh, well, you know, you're in Melbourne, so you can take him out for a walk. But parvovirus is, is really low um, low risk in, in Melbourne, CBD area. And she goes, oh, so, um, so I need to pick up the poo when, when they do poo. Yes, yes, we do. We do yep, have to pick up the poo. And she goes, and also, do I need to carry a bottle of boiled water? to hose off the urine. I was like, I'm sorry. She goes, uh, well, in Hong Kong, when we take pets of walks, if they do a wee on something, we actually have to have a bottle of, uh, of, of um, obviously sort of sterilized water that's been boiled to actually squirt the water off the pavement on, on the Ow. streets. I thought, isn't that great? Gee, no weird. wonder. Yeah. So there you go. That's a bit different. 
It's, um, you know, it, it, you know, I mean, I guess unless there's a tree, I mean, then it's just a good way of getting them to water the trees as well. You know, if they're, well, yeah, the dog well, such on a the build, tree. And, such a built up city, I suppose. They just don't want dog wear on every corner and every, every pillar and post. But it's an interesting point that we don't actually do something like that because uh, it's not hard to do that. Carry a bottle of water, just squirt it on, you know, dilute it down. Doesn't stain the buildings, doesn't make the smell, all that sort of stuff. I guess the um, I mean, certainly in the you know the 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 built up metropolis of of what is you know the CBD mm. and uh, and where you are you know, where there's no nature strips or anything like that, but out in the out in the uh, the the wilds of suburbia out here, there's nature strips. You know, like it's it's pretty like it's a um, I, I think dogs in in general probably don't enjoy weighing on on concrete compared to weighing on on grass if that's what they're used to if that's the substrate that they're used to but used to weighing go, on they'll all go in a corner i mean you got the dog that'll mark everything and walk you know every corner every sort of street corner or whatever it is we walk around still got nature strips here mate believe it or not oh, really and yeah you should come oh, into wow. the city one day you should come and check it out one day nice. come yeah. and travel to the big smoke mate out from out there in the am, am i allowed to you know you well, know now, now not the moment yeah, no. not the moment you are out of greater melbourne eh? <laughs> uh, no, 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 I'm still in Greater Melbourne. You know, <laughs> yeah. Melbourne's not that great at present. Um, yeah, no. yeah, no, it's uh, it's it is interesting. Then, How about that? Yeah, it's, it's, uh, you know, you just got to have the the water bottle that's attached to the lead, that's attached to your poo bags, and then you know, having all your other bits and pieces on there. Oh. Maybe, maybe you can have the extendable lead. You could have like a little squirter at the back of it. Well, there are there are extendable leads. I think we don't like the extendable leads. No, no, so no, we, no. We, won't, we won't recommend those ones at all. <laughs> but everyone carries water these days, mate. That's the go-to, you know. In in the city, it's it's a very 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 chic, very um uh yeah. I can't remember the word, but the girls had a word for it. But anyway, it's what what they do. All right, pick your so, things. It's are amazing. Oh, you yeah, got some? No, yeah, yeah, yeah. I um so. Um, yeah, you talk about sort of funny conversations, right? So I had um, working on, on that last Saturday. Um, so I was on with Sean. Yeah, he's, uh, yeah, 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 young Sean. He's he's doing great. He's been around for three months. You know, so he's he's cutting his teeth well. But you know, so he's still there. Uh, yeah, wrapped up uh, behind the apron strings on a Saturday because you know weird things can happen on Saturdays, Lewis. Yeah, he's cutting um, his teeth and toenails well. Good, exactly, good to hear. Perfectly, good, perfectly. Good to hear. Yep. Uh, and so the the last Saturday that we're on. It started off quietly and, and, um, because I actually was the, the Saturday after I had my COVID backs. And so I thought, you know, friends of mine mm. had been sick sort of two yeah, or three days afterwards. Unwell. And I yep. thought, you know what, if I'm, if I'm getting crook, I don't want it, I don't want there to have been two lines worth of consults books. So I said, look, just book it up for one, you know, and, and I'll, if I'm well enough, I'll come in and I'll do any of the extra stuff that, that comes in. Um, so we had, you know, a reasonably full list for, for Sean. And so I've rocked in there. I thought, look, things, it's all routine stuff. He'll be able to smash all this. It'll give me a chance to try and doing some paperwork and getting some other stuff done. Oh yeah. Shouldn't have thought about that. Uh, 8.45 phone calls come in. Uh, 11 week old puppy, little cavoodle. He's just, just under two kilos eating a bra extender. Now my first question, I went up to the nurse and I said, Hey, Anne, <laughs> Google, what the, there's what the, a bra Google? extender. Google, get careful with that history, mate. Yeah, I know. Don't, yeah, yeah. Don't, don't YouTube it. Don't YouTube, YouTube that one. I YouTube it on the Two Vets Talk Pets page. So, well, you know, how do you use a bra extender? They were the couple that I skipped. I thought that was a late oh, night right, sort of one that you did. Yeah, so the it use was of the a bra legitimate extender. story. Legitimate story. Um, Saturday so, night? Yeah, no, yeah, no worries. <laughs> so, so this little puppy's eat, eating a bra extender. Go, oh, wow. You know, Righto. um, and so first off, you know, I was like, yeah, I need to work out what a bra extender is. And I said, look, how, how big was it? And all that sort of stuff. And so she showed me, uh, um, the picture of it and I go, oh, right. I said, well, look, we should probably x-ray. She showed you. A picture on the, on her phone. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Of, uh, yeah. On, on the Lincraft website of this is what a bra extender would look like. Um, so I, so I said, oh, look, let's x-ray it because we, we should check and make sure it's actually there. Yeah. Make sure that it's eaten. And she's on, I'm pretty damn sure it's eaten. I said, oh, yeah, right. watch it. But if we're going to yeah, yeah, yep. start off down a path, let's actually check and make sure yep. what's going on. So x-rayed it. And this little puppy, it's a teeny tiny little thing, oh. big stomach full of food. And there's the bra extended yeah, down the right. bottom. All wow. these little bits of wires and hooks and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Okay. And so I said, you're right. What's there? So let's try and see if we can make it vomit. If it's gone down, let's see if we can make it come back yep. up again. Because if we can't get it back up, we've got to try and work out how the hell we're going to get it. So I uh, gave it some um, some apomorphine, you know, a tiny little bit of apomorphine yep. with this teeny tiny little puppy. Out it all come, you know, up comes the, up comes the food, yeah, you know, up comes some more food, up comes yep. a little bit more food, and no bra extender. Oh, I go, oh. No. 
Oh, bloody hell. At, at that time, did you think maybe you could get like a bra that's got the hooks that go obviously into oh. the brakes in and just kind of get the puppy to just swallow pass that? one, one yeah. end of it. Yeah, pa- yeah, swallow that and hold on to it and then whoosh, Just go fishing for it. Yeah, whoosh, hook on there oh, and, that- and, and whip it out. Certainly, certainly could have been an option, but I didn't think about that at the time because you know, unfortunately, I was I was thinking about other other potential scenarios. It wasn't on the link. It wasn't on the Linkcraft website. It was on the Linkcraft website no. of what to do if your puppy eats a bra extender. So, so I thought, oh crap, you know. Um, I went and spoke to the owner. And I said, look, uh, yeah. So, so this thing's stuck in his tummy. Um, we can't we can't let it try and pass through. It's going to be too big. It's going to, it's going to get blocked. Yeah. So really, we have got to get in there and try and get it out. Um, now I said I could do surgery to go and remove it, but he's an eleven week old puppy. He's already a little bit stressed coming into the vets, um, and I don't want to. Ma- he's, he's less than two kilos. I don't want to make a hole in him if I don't have to. Said, the other option is. I send you off to someone with an endoscope and try and see whether or not we can actually get an endoscope down there, grab it and pull it out, you know, yep. because if yep. it's gone in, we can, we can pull it back out. And yep. at least in that way, he'll be in and out really quickly, you know, should hopefully be problem solved. So then being a Saturday, I'm ringing around all the local specialist centers. And I tell you what, every single one just wanted to reach for a scalpel blade. They said, really, really. They said, oh, oh, look, we we just, you know, it's a gastric foreign body. Can't we just go in there and pull it out? I said, I said to one person, I was starting to get a little fiery by the time I got to the third one. I said, call me old fashioned, but if there's a chance that we can go in there and pull this back out of the dog's mouth, rather than pulling it out of a hole in its abdomen, surely that would be a reasonable option for what we should try and do. You'd think so. Yeah. Wow. Did you give him a bit of, look, don't you know who I am? Have you seen our YouTube channel? 14 views? Probably well, maybe, 14. maybe they have. That's probably maybe. the <laughs> yeah, been four at that stage. Yeah. You know? Yeah, probably. So probably. maybe 10, 10 from the specialist center looked. Yeah, right. So so I finally found someone that was um that was going to be willing to, you know, just yeah. break all the rules and try and pass an right. endoscope down and grab a hold of this this thing yeah. and pull it out. Um, so sent, sent it off there and I said to look, look, I'm really, really sorry. Like, I feel really bad that I, I, I wish I had a scope that I could stick down there, but yeah. I just don't have the equipment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so she went off to the specialist center and thank goodness that the person that was on had their head screwed on. Right. Um, she's oh, you know what, for the sake of it, let's just try and see whether or not we can make it from it one more time. See if we get oh. it up and strike me freaking pink. She's given it the same stuff and up comes the. Oh, that's extender. awesome! That's so, how fair. good was that? Oh, wow! So, so, so that's I was really re- good. So, I was trying to chase up. Um, so I thought oh, I need to try and see what was happening with little Fredo. And so, I um, the history hadn't come through yet. So, I rang up the specialist center because there's nothing worse than ringing up an owner to find out what's going on and find things yeah, didn't and go not, so well. All, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I thought yeah, I ring yeah. up the specialist center and they said, oh, yeah, no, look, sorry, we've been really busy, didn't get a chance to send through the the history. Um, but yeah, I made him vomit and he brought it back up again. Oh, I said, look, thank you. Thank you for actually, you know, trying that again rather than actually yeah. jumping straight in, right? So, so that was so that was case number one of difficult conversations, having to try and talk about bra extenders, right? An hour later, I see on the computer, dog eaten two tampons. Wow! Right. So, yes. Okay. okay. Right. I guess we're gonna have to deal with that. that needs, having that, that conversation. To come in. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. In comes the client. You know, not a, the, not uncommon. Must say no, no, and so it was in. Um, uh, uh, so they were still in the in the packet, still in the still still in their in their wrapping. Yeah. Um, and so I said to um the nurse, I go, oh man, you know this uh, the problem is is they can swell up and you know oh, they yeah. can then cause That's a blockage. Because I mean they're, they're there to be absorbent and yeah. Um, and so one of the nurses said, um, oh well, uh, you know, let's test it. So you know, I'm sure, I'm sure, you know. I'm sure there's a tampon somewhere around here because it's a vet clinic and, you know, you're the only guy that works here apart from Sean. I'm pretty sure he's not going to have one, but, you know, so they found it and put it in a glass of water and said, let's see whether it swells up. I go, okay, righty, what, a, <laughs> right, right, what, a, what a tremendous a scientific experiment. Is it test? It didn't happen. So that was, you know, no, nothing swelled up. So dog came in and you know, for the poor, poor, you know, client's daughter, you know, she's a teenager and she's going to go, oh, no, I just had him no, on my bed. And the so it's like, oh, yeah, yeah I know. Look, it's fine. Yeah. It's not the first time. Won't be the last time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, made him vomit and, yeah, you know, bought up more, all of the breakfast and no signs of oh, any feminine dear. hygiene products, no plastic or anything like that. Oh, no. Oh, crap. You know, so I x-rayed and there was 
you know, there was this one patch of where it looked a little bit gassy in the stomach, you know, like gas, but then a little pocket where there could have been something else. It's not going to show up on x-ray either. So I, you know, yeah, took a, no. I did an ultrasound and I said, look, there's some fluid in there and there's some stuff, but it could just be chunky food that's sitting in there still too. Um, I said, look, you know, what do you want to do? You know, I mean, it's if it is if if they're in there and that they, they're not, they weren't a hundred percent sure that the pup actually uh, ate it. Yeah, well, it's strange that would eat it in the packet. I mean, that's not really usually what we see. Yeah, yeah no, yeah. there's normally normally yeah. But anyway, so, okay, yeah, yeah. So, so I said to myself, look, either if you if you were absolutely one hundred percent sure that they'd eaten it, I would say we need to get it out, and I and I could send you off to the place where I've just sent the other little puppy to go and have have its. Where they've got out, some special you know, vomiting stuff that works vomiting like mine stuff. doesn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That my yeah, yeah. vomiting stuff makes them vomit. It doesn't actually bring up the <laughs> damn foreign body. Uh, and so, you know, they said, oh, oh, no, look, we might just see how it goes. I go, okay, that's All fine. Right. You know, yeah, if, just, if you're yes, not 100% yeah, sure. short, you know, yep. if it's, you know, it starts vomiting, having trouble, not eating, then, you know, foreign body until proven otherwise, you're going to have to go in and do an X-lap. Yeah, no, the dog's doing fine. So that's great, you know. Oh, and good. then and then get to the Monday morning. I'm going through all the all the um, emails yep. to try and check for other things. And another one of our, our dogs ate uh, on a Saturday afternoon, ate an earring and a um and some string, you know. So oh, so goodness. so it went Where somewhere we? and it and so she said, Oh yeah, it was getting pretty late, and so I wasn't sure if you were still gonna be there. I said, I said, well, we were there, and at least I might have had more success with trying to make your dog bring up the, you know, bring the string up compared to the other two that I couldn't make up, bring up anything. So oh, there incredible. you go. Well, Saturdays. We, yeah, well, we had one Saturday. Um, yeah, dog uh, owner rang up and said, oh, my dog's eating at Sultana. Right, yes. And it was a small enough dog and was sort of like, no, oh, yeah, you know, and I, I, I think we're so busy, and I sort of said, look, yeah, you know, we don't know the dose. Look, it's probably worth just making the vomit. It's just vomit a sultana, no worries. Brought the dog in, you know, made the made the dog vomit. Same same stuff you use, mate. Same yes. stuff everyone uses. Um, and actually ended up vomiting. Uh, we counted ten raisins in the right. end that it vomited. Yeah, right. I took them out, bagged them all up, took them out down. I said, look, uh, they're actually uh, lucky we did make vomit because there are ten raisins there. She goes, oh. I told my boyfriend, I knew we should come in. He was saying, don't bother. And I was like, well, there you go. There you go. Because it was actually a cookie we ate. So it had like raisins in the cookie and ate the whole cookie. But obviously the partner was like, don't worry. Nah, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. Just come back and, you know, just. just, One one Sultana turned into 10 raisins. So there There you go. go. There you go. That's that dog, some sort of alchemist. (laughs) Impressive. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. Um, Big thank you to Zilkeen. Supporter yeah, well, of the podcast. Absolutely. Why not? Let's get to the yeah. sponsors. I oh, know. We're really, we're, we're going, aren't we? Um, and uh, mild anxiety, low medication. Uh, we use it a lot, uh, certainly uh, in, in clinic. Uh, it's available over the counter, so you don't need to go to your vet for a script for it. Um, but great for any sort of mild anxiety situation that you've uh, that you've got for your cat or your dog. Or your really horse. safe. Really safe. It's a, you know, it has very, yeah. a, a horse. Yeah. yeah. You can use it in you, horses. You, you yeah. need, need a lot of it for a horse. Yeah. Yeah. Bucket of it. Yeah. Uh, bucket of it. Just a lot of capsules. Yeah, a whole lot of capsules. Yeah. If you, if, yeah, if, 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 if your neighbors see you're trying to stick 60, 60 little blue capsules down the throat of your horse, chances are they're going to think you're trying to, uh, yeah, try, trying to smuggle something across state lines. I think there is a large animal size. I'm not sure. Anyway. Anyway, Is it really? We should right? we'll research that. We'll let you know next week. <laughs> and also, big news. Delicate big news. signed on again, mate. Another, another uh, uh, responsorship again. So thank you very much, guys. Thank you very we- much, Delicate Care. So, gee whiz, if anyone's got a need of uh, getting some great Australian-made, Australian-owned food, why not go to your vet and find out about for the – go and ask, for, ask them for some food from the great folks at Delicate Care. Yeah, very good product. Good for good for your pets or uh, dogs or cats are hypoallergenic, or uh, you know maybe they you got some weight issues or mobility stuff, or even the dental stuff that uh, the, the prof doesn't feed to his to his cat. <laughs> yeah, that we I had a um, I, I had a cat during the week that's um that's got uh, uh, skin issues, got got allergies, and so I said, you know what, we should probably try and do a food trial. I said, so you have got a couple of options. You can either go for the hydrolyzed protein diet, which I'll be honest with you seems to taste like crap because every time, you know, half the time we sell a bag of it, it comes back and my cats end up getting it because it gets returned and my cats don't like eating it either. So we can try that and that's probably a good thing. Or we can try 
the the novel protein diet. Yeah. Has your has your cat ever had duck or kangaroo before? No, it hasn't. Well, boy, have I got the diet for you. Yeah, very nice. Oh, good stuff, mate. Excellent. And of course, a big thank you to our Patreon supporters. Had a little bit of follow up from um, from Rebecca Duffy. We answered her question about. Uh, uh, she had just finished her vet or was in the middle of vet tech training and, and got a job at a, at a cat or at a cat clinic. All right. we, we helped her about that saying, uh, she said, thanks very much for your response in last week's episode. A couple of weeks ago, I'll try to avoid getting eaten by the cats. Good. She said, obviously the same up. episode that, that my yes. dad enjoyed with the cat, <laughs> cats uh, eating the, eating the, the person. Um, it would be really great if, um, if, a future episode sometime soon um you could have deb back on um, to, sounds, to on the podcast yeah, interesting so thanks Rebecca. So it sounds yeah. like a great idea because you know it'd be easier for you to try and line deb up to do it than trying to line me up you know it's a bit you know <laughs> it's all right mate no we, we're all good all good yeah. all righty uh so you got anything in the news or yes, yeah, yeah. Yes. no no i've got something here so this came up in uh in the aged uh this week or last week, actually, um, post-lockdown pets seek new homes and new hope. So this is what we were a little bit worried about was going to be happening after all the the, the the COVID puppy boom and everyone going out and getting lots of dogs and being at home during lockdown. And then suddenly situations change. And yeah, yeah. I had a few people send me this link, actually, as saying, I think one was from Deb saying, uh, you know, check this out. This is exactly what you said. And also one from uh, my brother-in-law, Uncle Dave. Right. Big big shout out to Uncle Dave. Listening hey, to the Uncle podcast. Dave. Yeah, he, yeah. Um, he sent it to me. He said, you guys are clairvoyants. So not not in a good way, unfortunately. But no, yeah. no. So, uh, so this is from uh, Rachel Dexter from uh, Written in the Age. It was published in the, the 12th of June, 2021. Kate Meehan. Knows what it takes to rehabilitate a surrendered dog. Ten years ago, she adopted Kelpie Taz and inherited all the issues from her previous home where Ms. Meehan suspects she wasn't exercised or occupied enough. When I got her, she was incredibly destructive, tearing everything up. She just wasn't getting that physical and mental stimulation, she said. She's a very intelligent breed and I could run her for 10 kilometers, but she'd still not be mentally worn out. That's certainly something that we see with the uh, Taz as a bitch here. She looks like she's a nice crossbreed Kelpie style kind of hound so you know certainly dogs that you know yeah you might be able to run their legs off but if you don't try and do something you know to try and burn out their mental energy yes. then often uh you still still end up back at square one yeah my, um, I, I, it's interesting my dentist today went to the dentist today just nice to oh look, look so pearly yeah. yeah yeah thank you and uh and she said yeah i'm getting a gonna get a border collie and uh and it's great because we, we're exercise we're you know we've got young boys we run a lot and i said you might be able to run it, but you also need that mental stimulation. You've got to play, yep. play, you know, obedience, you know, do some training with it, play, give it lots of toys, lots and lots of mental stimulation for a dog like that as well. So yeah, spot on, Kate. It's 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 one of my uh yeah, one one of my three things that I always say to people. You know, if you're gonna get a dog that chases sheep, it's often good if it's got sheep to chase. Mm. You know, tend to you know, sheeple. Sheeple to, yes. sheeple to chase, yes. She, sheeple right. to chase, yeah, yeah. You're going to take it into take it to the anti-vac rallies, mate, and <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Sheeple. Did I did I say that to you when I when I got my my vaccine my COVID vaccine? I turned around to the because there was there was two people in the in the cubicle with us, and I turned to the one that didn't give me the injection. I said, "So is this the one that gives me five G?" Or <laughs> And both uh, of them just went ashen faced. It's like, oh no! Is it? No, look, I'm, I'm only kidding. Sorry, I've been sitting on that for two weeks. I've been wanting to say it. I apologise, but I just surely, surely every dad that went in that day, mate, said the exact same. Joke. At, le- at least twenty percent. Surely. Surely. surely, surely, that's why they're ashen faced. They're like, oh, for, for another <laughs> another banker starting with W. Jeez, I wish I wish I had to use the bigger needle then on that, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's right. They might have put yeah. that on my file for next time. They're going to use come the back in engaged needle yeah. on me the next time. They might. They'd be like, "Sorry, Doctor Andrew, we've got a notey that you just need to drop your dax here. We've got a special <laughs> little needle yes. for you." Yeah, oh. yeah, this one. This one's going. This one's going intracloaca. Oh. Um, well, uh, yeah. So after the pet pop adoption boom during the lockdowns of 2020, at least one organisation. A, a, a foundation about it from a certain, you know, um, multi or national, you know, um, pet store thing, which I won't name, has seen right. a drove of cats and dogs that were adopted out last year now coming back as surrenders. 
Manager Janelle Bloxham said the foundation, which takes in and adopts out the overflow of surrendered animals from rescue organizations like the RSPCA, has seen a 200% increase in the past three months of adoptions at their 150 centers fueled by COVID surrendered pets. Ms. Bloxham said that they were adopting out four times as many pets as this time last year, the majority being one year old cats and dogs that were adopted initially in the 2020 lockdowns. It was something that she had predicted, but not the only Nostradamus going around. Uh, obviously not. To see the shelters empty and pet ownership sky, uh, to see the shelters empty and pet ownership skyrocket, there had to be some kind of surrender, right? And it was going to be big, according to Companion Animal Network, which started collecting data from shelters around the country when the pandemic struck. The most common reasons for surrendering an animal over the past three, uh, the past year, were rental issues, behavioural problems, and domestic violence. Oh, so. Wow. Um, so you have the, the, the rental issues we always, you know, it's always been sort of, you know, uh, around the edge of where, you know, if the, if the landlord suddenly say, well, no, you're not allowed to have animals or, you know, if people need to move out into different rental properties and sometimes, but I thought that was all, isn't it illegal to say you can't have a pet now? I think these the days, rental? yeah. Uh, unless it's Victoria. A, Unless it's it a is. thing of saying that if you've got two people that are putting up a, a two people that are going for a rental and one's got pets and one's don't, then maybe yeah. they're being prejudiced against. Um, or it's a, well, it could be just a reason, you know, that's not, not true. I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but behavioral, have, problem, behavioral problems, yeah. definitely, you know, yeah. Uh, actually yeah. you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Whether, yeah. I mean, the rental issues might just be a reason for people to try and feel a bit more guilt free with themselves about yes. surrendering yes. it. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It's a, yeah. Hard for me to get a rental with a pet. Well, is it really, or is there yeah. something else going on? Yeah. Um, and, and domestic violence is a, is a, wow. like that's one that you do um, hear about sometimes you have people that are um, having to move home quickly and they can't take their pets with them. So yeah, isn't that terrible? Yeah. Gosh, hey? um, wow. Network boss, Trish Ennis questioned uh, if the end of the rental moratorium, which was in place for much of 2020 applied effective, you know, that's what we're sort of, you know, you've, you've picked up on there. Um, do, 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 do. Uh, Miss Meehan said that dogs and puppies she had fostered that were surrendered during the pandemic were mostly due to the animals not being able to cope when life returned to normal and families returned to work and school. Yeah, so right. that's absolutely Separation what... anxiety. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Um, mm. Since COVID, a lot of the surrenders have been due to changing circumstances. The dogs are coming through with these behavioral issues. They were born into a family that loved them and had all the time in the world for them. And then everyone back to school and work and they freak out because of these changes. Dogs who aren't used to being left alone often started barking and being destructive, she said. And the key to rehabilitating was to create a safe space for them through crate training and exposing them to normal routines and habits. Certainly that's some stuff that you can do, but um, having a shower and closing a door between you and the dog, for example, she said, I had one puppy who'd almost never been put down on the ground before. He was always carried. I didn't realize that, that, you know, Paris Hilton had given her chihuahua <laughs> up for adoption. Isn't, yeah, isn't, that, isn't that just about every chihuahua we see at the clinic? Yeah. Yeah. Put yeah. Down? yeah. Do you Chihuah just chihuahuas tend to not need their legs? Yeah. Do you just as aside, just going into yeah. have you seen more separation anxiety? Would you anecdotally say? It's a great question. I I I think we're probably seeing a bit more in the way of general behavior things, but I wouldn't say specifically separation anxiety. I think because like with any COVID or with any of the COVID puppies that came in last year, we were on it so quickly, like trying to word up the owners as much as possible yeah. to try and predict this as being an issue, you know? So whether or not we're just really lucky, whether or not yeah. we're really good or whether or not our owners just aren't telling us yet, it might be that it's going to be another, you know, another few months before we start having people coming and going, Oh God, please help. Or they're all going to the pound. Or they're all just getting <laughs> taken straight to the pound. Yeah, you're absolutely I think, right. I think, I think the thing with us is I don't think we're seeing it that much. And I, I, I reckon a lot of it's because people uh, are still working from home. You know, we're still not getting that that those people returning to work because we just had a lockdown, you know, yeah. again here in Melbourne. So I, I really think it'd be interesting to see, you know, still, still see how we're going. But interesting that the age has picked up on it and it seems to be happening already, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. Um, there was, there's one part here that, I, that you know, um, 
you, you can never not take the, the the critical part of your turn the critical part of your brain off. But Megan Sakal, general manager of the Australian Animal Protection Society, said that while many surrenders were due to boisterous puppies who had grown up and weren't trained, she had seen some heartbreaking examples through the pandemic of people unaffor- unable to afford their pets anymore. And I think that's a big one. People that have gone out and got an animals and they can't afford them wow. anymore. Yeah, we did have well that, one dog yeah. where both the husband and wife lost their jobs and the dog did its cruciate ligament, which is a four to $5,000 surgery. She said they were faced with the Do we feed our children or do we repair wow. our dog's legs? So you understand that anyone in that situation would say, I have to look after my family first. Now, the only mm, thing I'd tough. say with that is no dogs ever died from having, you know, not having its cruciate ligament its knee operated on you know yes yes you can you know your dog should have you know the best for the best outcome you should have surgery but you don't have to have surgery you know like yes the dog's gonna end up with arthritis dogs end up with arthritis anyway but it's not something where or you and certainly you don't need to do the four to five thousand dollar surgery there are other well what if it's a big rot wheel are they you know struggling on three legs yeah but before we started yeah 25 years ago, you know, we were still, if you've got a dog that's got end stage um, degenerative joint disease in both knees, it doesn't matter what, what's going on, but you know, before people started cutting out, um, you know, wedges and things like that. Oh yeah. I'm totally, totally is a cheaper, cheaper option. No, no doubt about that. Yeah. I totally agree with that, but that might be, you know, whether it's $4,000 or $1,000, if you can't put food on the table, it doesn't matter. It's expensive, you know, so I can totally see that somebody, if, if they're faced with the option of their dog's uncomfortable, it's a welfare issue, they have to surrender it so it can have the surgery. So it's no longer a welfare issue. Yeah. Totally with that. But yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I don't, yeah, I'm sure I agree with that. You don't have to have the, the $5,000 surgery on every, every knee that you see. Absolutely. Definitely. That's, that's yeah. the thing for me is that if it's, you know, if ever you're presented with something that's going to be costing that much, you're always asking, is there another option? What else can we do? Yeah. yeah exactly. what, 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 what else is going on? Because, you know, it's a, I mean, it's not, it's not like I, I say to people, it's not like it's got a corn cob stuck in its abdomen, you know, yes. there's a corn cob stuck in the intestine. There ain't no way that you're going to fix that up with rest and anti-inflammatories. Yeah. You know? That's a, yeah. That's a that's a one hundred percent surgical thing. But anyway, you know, so well, that's, that's interesting because I, I, I certainly think um, you know perhaps I mean we're in lucky area where we work where you know it's, it's uh, I guess majority middle class although we do have yeah. some um, some people that are, that are really struggling where where um, where we are that um, some uh, some government housing that sort of thing and mm. and we certainly do our best to try and keep those pets with those people Absolutely. within their means and within their budgets. And, and they'll, they'll often the salt of the earth that they, they will put the money aside and they will do what they can to, to yeah. do the best. And we'll, we'll give them options all the way. So yeah, don't feel, you know, don't feel you can't talk to your vet about options. That's just certainly the, not the case. I reckon. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, um, or do you want to go on and do the disclaimer and then we'll... I think so, mate. We're running Excellent. out of time. All advice on this show is generally in nature, so please consult your veterinarian before following any advice for your pet. We do our best to provide the most up-to-date information as veterinary medicine is continually advancing and changing. Please let us know if we missed anything or if you need any clarification. Excellent. I want to talk just a really quick topic this week, just about jumping up in dogs. Yes. Really that's common a, That's behavior. just a puppy thing that they'll grow out of, won't it? Isn't it? Yeah, yeah, mate. Yeah, perfect. Oh, no, finished. So, right. anyway, right. thank you very much. Okay. Yeah, so, Special if you want to get in touch with, yeah, <laughs> it's a really common problem. I mean, you'd see it all the time in the clinic. People saying, "Oh, how do I stop them from jumping up?" And yep. Uh, the, oh, the classic one actually is, uh, I'll have uh, clients, um, you know, I have a bit of a routine. We've got a routine. Let the, you know, you walk into the concert room, dogs on a lead. I'll say you can let the dog off the lead, sort of thing, and then I might have some treats for it. But usually. If it's a sort of friendly dog, often let off the lead. First thing the little dog is jump up on you. And then yeah. I'll be, oh, get down. No, you're trying to tell it off. And I'm like, no, no, don't worry about it. It's fine. I'll turn away, walk away, maybe try and give it a bit of a, a, a little cue with my hand, with a treat, just to see if it'll sit. And if it'll sit, then I'll reward it. Yeah. Fairly quickly, they realize, all right, bum's on the ground. I get food rewards. You know, there's food on the ground. I don't need to jump up anymore. So it is a really common thing. Um, that the people sort of say, how do we get dogs from, from, um, from stop from jumping up on us? And this is a article from, I think it's from Florida vet behavior um, uh, or flvetbehavior.com. So go and check them out. They are obviously based in, um, in Missouri. 
Yeah. Yeah, 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 Florida, Western Australia. Yeah, that's right, most likely. So, no, it's not in the title at all. Um, So it says uh, it's uh, most often uh, dogs are jumping up for attention. And certainly this is, this yep. is, I'd agree with that. It's natural to want to be up near the hands of the face of someone who may pat you. Unfortunately, owners do generally pat dogs when they jump up and this reinforces the behavior. So more likely to do it mm. again. Any type of attention can be seen as reinforcement and that's really important. So often a dog that, you know, they'll say, oh, we push him off or, you know, we yell at him and that sort of thing. And, and some of those dogs just actually see that as attention pushing off. Yep. It's a, it's a firm sort of pat that we're getting, yep. um, you know, yelling at the dog. They're like, well, that's just become just routine of what happens when you jump up. Now you look at me and you yell at me and that's just, that's just getting me some attention. There are some dogs, I suppose, that will jump if they're anxious or they've got an abundance of excess energy. I mean, we've mm. all seen that Labrador that's just so out of control in the concert room and, oh, he loves coming to the vet. And we're like, no, he's actually a little bit anxious. And that's a nervous anxiety that we're seeing. Yeah. So that's important to look out for that as well. But teaching dogs to jump up, it is, it is fairly simple in theory. Sometimes the consistency is hard to, to get mm. along. And um, this article says, you know, ig- ignoring the dog when they're jumping up and teaching him an atter- alternate way to get attention from me is what we're mm. trying to do. Um, so, um, you know, it's not, it's not that difficult to, to retrain, but it does take a, a bit of time and it needs consistency. So it means that all the owners in the house need to do the same thing yeah. and all the visitors that come to the house. Yes also need to do the same thing um so uh you know some people try you know yelling the dog some people try ignoring the dog when they jump up um and 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 that that gives mixed messages sometimes i'm being yelled at sometimes i'm pushed off other times i'm being ignored i'm just not sure i'm going to keep jumping up you know and messages lead to anxiety and so if you're jumping because you're anxious you're going to keep on doing it yeah well potentially and also if you're giving us intermittent rewards, so you're only rewarding us when you come home sometimes, mm-hmm. but then other times when visitors come, you're telling me off. Well, that one time when you come home, I'm just going to be so excited and so so happy about that. Um, and that sort of intermittent rewarding stuff is actually um, much harder to train out of a dog than a dog that's rewarded every time. Yeah. It's kind of like the poker machine effect. So you think about, you know, uh, well, they, when they used to have a handle, I guess they're yes. a button now. You know, if you if you won money every time you press the poker machine button, you'd be filthy rich and be great. But in theory, you'd get bored of it fairly quickly. Yeah. Whereas it's it's the it's that repetitive of oh, I haven't won, and then oh, suddenly I win! Wow! So that's really hooks you in and keeps you keeps you going. It's the same thing with the jumping up. If every now and then we do get something we see is rewarding, we will keep doing it, and so it's even yeah, harder right. to to extinguish. Um. So um. Uh, so some simple tips it gives. So number one, do not knee kick or yell at the dog when he, when they jump on you. This is generally ineffective. And some dogs, like we said, can view this as reward if they got your attention. Number two, start asking your dog to sit for every bit of attention that they get. So then they start knowing that's how they get your attention is mm. they sit. They can sit and they get your attention. They get a pat, they get some eye contact, they get a good dog, um, they get some food, they get a food reward. Number three, uh, if he's jumping on you, walk away from them. Uh, when he stops jumping on you, then ask them to sit. And that's what I'm doing in the consult room. They jump mm. on me, I turn away. There's no, there's no interaction, there's no eye contact. Maybe if they're persistent, I'll throw a treat away from the dog on the floor to get them to stop jumping on me. And then I'll try again, see if I can get them to sit before they'll come and run, jump mm. on me again. Um, so, so when they sit, you know, you're rewarding with a food reward, you're rewarding with a pat, praise, you know, something they enjoy, let them know, hey, that's what I want you to do. If you're using a high-pitched voice and they get more excited by that, try something a bit lower, like a little whisper, even like, good dog, well done, buddy, good yeah. buddy. And then a food reward, good ASMR. Yeah, light some fires, burn the world, don't chase the postman. This is me chewing some chewing gum. (laughs) Okay. Uh, If dogs uh, jump on you when you come in the front door, uh, you can try walking straight back out the door again. Um, And... uh, and, uh, and, and walk the other side of the door, maybe count to five. 
then have another go and then tell him to sit mm. and come through the door again and just doing that repetition of hang on. And then when they finally do sit and they don't jump up and they're calm, then you got the food reward and you, and you can, um, and, and you can reward them for doing that. Um, praise your dog for when they're sitting for attention. So make sure to keep your praise calm and cool. Yeah. Yeah. None of this. Oh, it's a good dog. You're sitting. Oh, wow. How good are you? No, this is me crinkling a piece of paper. So cool and calm. Yes. Um, yeah, exactly. Don't get them excited. Don't, don't get them excited and praise. Um, and everything will improve with consistency. That's where you're going to get your most, your most amount of improvement with your jumping up from, from consistency. And then also in the meantime, if you're still having problems when, when the dog comes in, um, you know, and, and you're still working on that, trying to get them under control, you're working from, okay, I'm getting them to sit for my attention. And then I'm trying to ignore them when they're jumping up from me, but we're still sort of working on both those sides. Sometimes you can have a, a bucket of treats by the front door. Mm. When you're walking, you throw the treats on the floor for the front door dog searches for the treats, sniffing around, running around for the treats, allows you to get inside, maybe diffuse a bit of the excitement mm. of that door opening. Um, and you can also use that for when, for when, um, for when visitors come in as well, or maybe there's a toy that they like, you can toss the toy for them to sort of go and play with as well, something to distract them. And, and so in that way, you sort of you know you're giving yourself a bit of time because it does take time if you over a long period of time intermittently rewarded your dog for jumping does take time to extinguish that behavior and teach mm. them that's not what i really want and that's what i'm doing in the consult room exactly the same sort of thing dogs jumping on me i'm throwing those food rewards away from me onto the floor trying to distract them and, and bring them to to uh, sort of settle them down a little bit and then we'll try again with it with not jumping on me in the future so i don't, I don't trash my pants all the time yeah <laughs> yeah 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 you know sorry deb it was just another dog that was jumping all over my pants just ripped them to shreds you Keep know it wasn't them, yeah well it wasn't mm. me just walking down walking down the street in port melbourne you know just flex flexing my quads as i walk down just there doing, and doing it doing a deep squat yeah just... absolutely you know, like yeah. a big big thighs like a speed skater you've got <laughs> exactly they call me bradbury definitely <laughs> i thought i thought that was my thighs but i'm not so sure now yeah. anyway <laughs> if you got a question you can uh, uh find us at two vets talk pets at gmail.com um, we're on the socials. Um, Robbie's on um, OnlyFans, aren't you, mate? You, you can't, has Absolutely, yeah. Ceiling fans, pedestal fans. Many subscribers. More than, more than our YouTube page. Your OnlyFans page. Many, more than more subscribers on YouTube. Oh, look, one thing I really like about my fans is that the the fact that we've got, you know, you in winter, you can flick them one way so it pushes the hot air down. And then in summer, you flick it so that then, you know, it's a, it's a just, it's get really good air exchange. It's fantastic. Uh, uh, only fans. Did you see what I did there? Uh, only didn't fans. Even, didn't even bite at that. It was fantastic. Come only on, fans. Enjoy your picture. Only fans backslash um, the the best vet in Waverley. com. Go and check it out. You can uh, sign up. For Excellent. A couple of, yeah, yeah, couple yeah, of dollars, maybe, I imagine. Or I'll, 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 I'll me, sure. me there trimming nails. <laughs> ASMR <laughs> or anal glands, maybe. Oh, nice. Yeah. Just, in, just in super slow-mo, watching them squirt across the room. Nice, nice. Anyway, <laughs> so you can get on. We're also on Patreon if you if you really like us late talk at night. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's getting a bit out of control. I think that's about it. Absolutely. Yeah, let's get out of here. It's not going to get any better. So thanks, everybody. Peace out. Scratch you later. Thanks for listening to Two Vets Talk Pets with Lewis and Robbie. To chat further about this week's episode or ask the guys any questions, search Two Vets Talk Pets on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, or send an email to Two Vets Talk Pets at gmail.com. You can find Lewis on Twitter with the handle at VetBehaviorist, and more importantly, as the two pet heroes return to their day job of saving animals' lives, be sure to thank them with a five-star review on iTunes. Every time you do, a small, cute animal will receive a cuddle.